Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Country Wine and Spirits is the number one online source for wine and spirits, offering over 3,000 products. You won't find a better selection of spirits and wines anywhere else. You can order everything from the most popular brands to some brands out there that you may not know of, but you should definitely try. They also have gift boxes for those special occasions that are coming up. To check out Country Wine and Spirits and go find that perfect spirit for yourself, go to cwspirits.com. And when you check out, use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 and get 5% off your entire order. That's cwspirits.com, coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 for 5% off. This is Little Ruthie Riding Hood from Ohio, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Job for myself. <laughs> well, I I don't have as good of excuses. You, I mean, I do have a day job, uh, and it's you know it's physically demanding. So I'm uh, by the time I get home, it's just like I have to make a video. Oh crap! <laughs> and it's it's tough for me to think of things. I pretty much dedicate like one day, sometimes two days, to recording, mm-hmm. and then I usually try to go live on those days. I used to go like when I wasn't working, I would go live in the morning. And just do like a morning coffee time with me because coffee is coffee's my jam. <laughs> I love coffee. And <laughs> so that's what I would do. But um, when I started working again, I like it's just it's impossible. By the time like I get home from dropping off the kids to get ready to start work, like I have like I'll sometimes go live in the morning for like 15, 20 minutes and just to like pop in and say hi. But that's yeah. really all I have time for. So I can't go live because I'm still under. Oh, what's what's the minimum for going? A yeah, I'm still about a hundred under. All right, let's get started here. Uh, Ruth, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How's the weather? Well, where are you from anyway? Oh, I live in Ohio. I'm actually from Michigan, but we live in Ohio. Oh, okay. How's the weather in Ohio? Yeah, you know, I haven't been outside today. <laughs> <laughs> it rained earlier downpoured so it's been kind of rainy yeah but like last two days like it rains like in the middle of the afternoon and then stops and then it was sunny mm. so i i live in west texas and we haven't seen rain in uh uh probably a couple months and uh we do all of uh, texas i guess does uh all of its rain in uh, like a year's worth of rain in 20 minutes because it's a, you know just a downpour and then the next day, it was like nothing ever happened. And so just all of a sudden, these dirt roads have potholes in it. You don't know where they came from. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, so, uh, Ruth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am a mom of three kids. I am 38, and I work 
currently in self-funded insurance in a call center. Um, I started out in customer service in general when I was 15 and moved into like the serving industry when I was 17. Uh, Started customer service at 13? 15. Did I say 13? Uh, Well, maybe you said 15 and I... (laughs) But that's a really (laughs) young age, 15 years old. That's still a really young age to start in customer service. But uh, what what were you doing at 15? I worked at Baskin Robbins. So we started out just serving ice cream and working the cash register. And eventually I learned how to make ice cream cakes. I still know how to make them to this day. I just don't make them that often. It's very, very special occasions, I'm sure. Uh, like yeah. like for your three special occasions, your three kids. No, actually, my mother-in-law does cakes. So uh, she actually does all the kids' birthday <laughs> cakes and stuff. Okay. So I, I don't even have to make cakes for their birthdays. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, it's one of those uh, trades that you accidentally learn from an early job where uh, at one time you detest doing it. You you actually hate knowing knowing how to do it but it comes in handy once in a while i'm sure i actually like making ice cream cakes i'm actually miss decorating cakes it was a lot of fun really so uh yeah. work working uh working at basket robbins at 15 was that just so you could have pocket change when you were going to school and stuff like that summer job yeah anything that i well, i did it during the school week we actually got um credit for work credit in school so actually i used it to get extra credits for graduation and things like that as an elective and then um like my yeah my parents if I wanted clothes like from the mall or if I wanted to go out with my friends that was what that money was for my parents had me work and that's what I paid for now you actually get an allowance you actually got (laughs) school credit for working yeah we got one credit hour per semester Mm -hmm. I never I've never heard of that uh because that goes along with the whole thing where I've talked about many times on this show with many different guests of making working in the service industry, like a college course. And uh, just so people realize what's going on in the service industry, make them wait tables, make them bartender wash dishes uh, just so they understand uh, that their ranch didn't come out right away because of various reasons, you know, get people to understand what servers are going through actually. Mm hmm. It would be good for people to learn customer service in general, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah, no, we got, I would have a, my timesheet would be filled out by my boss, and then I would have to turn that in, and then that's how I got credit for class. And you got paid at the same time. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So working at, how long did you work at Baskin Robbins? I worked there on and off for eight years. Eight years, wow. Yeah. I, I, I kept more than one job at a time. <laughs> oh, gotcha. But, so, yeah. but you you started really early and you're working, uh, working Baskin Robbins. I've known people that, uh, that worked in that. And uh, was there any, it's pretty much just ice cream and go type of thing, almost like a Starbucks. You don't really have to deal with the customers all that much. Did you, do you? Prove, you, you do. Feel free to I, prove me wrong. When, I make a lot of assumptions. <laughs> well, well, you know, you have, it, technically, you know, Baskin Robbins is known for its 31 flavors. Well, that's actually, it started out, the company started out with 31 flavors of ice cream, and that's why it was 31 flavors. But we had three cases of ice cream and yogurt, and each case had eight. So there's 24 at least in a store. Actually, there's probably more than eight at a time, but whatever, however many that were in there. 
And um, so people would ask for samples all the time, like of every flavor. So like you can have a customer there forever just trying out flavors. I'm not sure what I want. I don't know what I want. Can I try this? Can I try that? There's times where we ran out of bananas and we had to like run down to the store that was like right down at the corner to go get bananas for banana royals and banana splits because bananas were gone. Yeah. So, or milk for milkshakes. <laughs> now that actually brings back a uh, uh, flashback for me because I had a friend of mine back when we were in high school, he and I went to Baskin Robbins just get ice cream and uh he was sitting there being very careful of his choice i mean i went with my usual peanut butter chocolate that's my favorite you know and he was sitting there going hmm what do i want can i taste that french vanilla and i looked at him and i said you're kidding me and he's like what and i said it's vanilla and <laughs> you want to taste test it and <laughs> French vanilla does taste different. I, I will give them that. And peanut butter and chocolate, worst ice cream to make shapes out of ever. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was the hardest to scoop, and it was the worst, worst one to make shapes with. Well, yeah, I, I sorry, sorry to say that was my favorite flavor because uh, probably brought flashbacks for you trying to. So, I'm like my wrist started hurting. <laughs> <laughs> trying to chisel past the frozen peanut butter just so you could get it into the cone or whatever. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that was a weird flashback that you gave me. Cause I couldn't understand. I, I, I was like, why are you taste testing vanilla? And I mean, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I'm beyond that now, but, um, so moving on from that, you told me that you actually spent a little bit of time at McDonald's and, yeah. um, what did you do there? Um, I started out working the main register and the drive through and then I went on for training to become a manager, but I got a new job shortly after that working at cooker. I don't know. Like cookers is not around anymore, mm. but cookers was like, I wanted to wait tables ultimately is what I wanted to do. So McDonald's was like kind of like that fill in job yeah. for a little while. And so cookers was hiring, um, but I wasn't 18 yet. I was still 17 and up here to work in a restaurant to serve alcohol. You had to be 18 in Michigan, in Ohio, in Ohio, you have to be 18, but the bartender you have to be 21 in Michigan, you have to be 18. Ultimately I wanted to be a bartender, but they make you work your way up like all places do. Um, but I, so I ended up leaving McDonald's shortly after training for manager to work as a hostess at cooker at 17. And then they moved me up to serving when I was 18. Now, uh, quickly back to McDonald's. So I, uh, like I told you before we started recording, I feel your pain working at McDonald's. I spent a year and a half in a McDonald's, but I was the maintenance guy, you know, uh, cleaning and uh, fixing things all over the place. The worst thing that I uh, absolutely hated, but I had to do every day was clean those uh, damn deep fryers. And yeah, there, it it actually surprised me to a point where I was like, I don't smell the French fries anymore, but every day, every day I go home, my clothes smell like French fries and vegetable oil. And then it actually annoyed me. Okay. I don't smell it anymore. Okay. This is wrong. But there was a period of time after I left McDonald's and I moved to Seattle to learn audio production and stuff like that, where, I just quit the job uh, working at McDonald's. I worked there for a year and a half, then moved quickly moved to Seattle. And uh, I could not eat a McDonald's French fry for a few years after that. Did you, did you have that same effect where you just couldn't even look at McDonald's food? 
No, I love McDonald's French fries and their McRib sandwiches. When they come out, I get all super duper excited. I know people think I'm weird because I like, they're like, you eat McRibs? I'm like, yes, I eat McRibs. They're delicious. Leave me alone. Uh, I can, I can eat French fries again now. Uh, and, but for a while it was just, you know, I can't get near them because, you know, like my, my, all my arm and half my face is in the deep fryer trying to get all the crap out of the bottom of the deep fryer. And, you know, I, it's, it was just kind of bad, but I still enjoy mm-hmm. the McDonald's hamburgers, even though they're still, they're getting smaller and smaller every time I go to a McDonald's. They are. Yeah. It, it's weird. But anyway, enough, uh, enough about McDonald's. <laughs> so you moved on to being a hostess. Now, you said you wanted to be a waitress, and they decided to put you at the hostess podium first and foremost. Now, being a hostess, you you are the first thing that the people see and the last thing the people see on their way out. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever get the feeling that people were treating you as if you were like a manager or something like that? Because it gets in my head every now and then that the person standing at the podium, uh, it may be like management or something like that. People come with come at you with the problems or good jobs or stuff no, like that. Not really. I mean, every once in a while, like when I would see people and stuff like that, people would stop me and ask me for stuff. But our managers at Cooker walked around constantly checking on tables and checking in with like checking with our customers and stuff like that to make sure everything was going well. Because Cooker was a, a chain. So they actually had very kind of like strict stipulations on what you had to do. Like we had a strict dress code on what to wear. Um, And, you know, doing and doing what I did also, too, as a hostess, we actually, you know, how most places, the bartenders do the to go orders. Mm -hmm. Cooker, the hostess, did all the to go orders. So, like, I would actually have to go back and prep the bags and get everything, get everybody's food put into the bag and bring it up and check them out. And I would also have to ring in those orders as well. So, even doing hostessing, I had to memorize our menu Mm. and know everything on the menu. And I don't, I do not miss doing that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't miss having to remember a menu. Oh, I, before we get too far into the show, real quick question. (laughs) Usually, my, every uh, guest that I have on the show, I ask them to uh, to do a drink special for the show, uh, and I don't remember if I ever asked you about or told you about that. I don't. I, I've heard it. I've heard it on your podcast, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, I heard you say that. But no, I haven't been asked. I don't really have a um, like for me personally. What I love to drink in general that'll is- work. The Basil Hayden is my favorite whiskey. I love whiskey and bourbon. Basil Hayden is by far my favorite. And I love actually mixing my whiskey with burners and or ginger ale for the people that aren't from Michigan who don't know what burners are. I was about to ask. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've had the Canada dry or Canadian dry, whatever it's called. Um, bold. No, bold. Okay. So burners is a lot more gingery than, than the Canadian dry and it's a lot more carbonated too. I like it a lot more. Burner's is like by far my favorite. Okay. <laughs> so that's my favorite ginger ale that I use to mix my drinks with. So uh, ginger ale, uh, uh, Verner, in specifically Verner's ginger ale and whiskey. That mm-hmm. uh, that works. Um, what, uh, do you have a name for that? No, I think there is a name for it, but I don't remember what it was called. It was like John something. John Daly's or something I make a lot of too. So, <laughs> but I, I don't, it's, I don't, I forget what it was called. I don't have a name for it. I just, I, I just, my whiskey and burners. Um, have you, have you received? Oh, I think they call it a highball or something like that. Maybe that's what it was called. 
yeah. don't remember. I'll have to Google it and get back with you and let you know because I don't remember what it was. Ah, that's okay. <laughs> have you received intense from CW Spirits yet? Have oh, the intense ginger is yeah. delicious. Yeah, I'm I'm getting mine at the end of the week. Uh, so I haven't tried it or any uh, anything yet. Not. I'm I'm a I'm a severe lightweight, so I don't drink all that much. But you know, I gotta try some of the stuff that CW Spirit sends us. But uh, mm-hmm. have you tried that with anything? Have you mixed it with your whiskeys yet? Or I have not mixed it with the whiskeys. I've had it straight, and then I mixed it with the. I think I mixed it with it was with the strawberry cocktail caviar. Mm. And it was really good with the strawberry cocktail caviar. I I actually can't wait to do a lot of cooking with it too because like. I make a lot of ethnic like dishes and things like that. I do a lot of um, like curry dishes and I do make orange chicken and things like that. And I feel like it would make a very, very good addition to like some teriyaki or orange chicken and maybe even a good marinade for a steak or something. Yeah. No, something to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So yeah, no, I love the intense ginger. I I do. I like it a lot. Now that one tastes more like a ginger root, like, like the actual ginger root, like it tastes in it, but it's sweet too. So it kind of has like the bite of the ginger at the end, but it still tastes sweet in the beginning. Mm. And for the, for the drink, it's called a whiskey highball. Whiskey highball. Your your version of a whiskey highball, uh, Ruth's whiskey highball. We'll call it that. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Ruth's whiskey highball. There you go. I like that. It's my favorite trick. Anyway. <laughs> now, now that I'm now that I'm opening up my own bar in my basement, well, not to the public, but to our friends and stuff mm. like that. Well, I, I'll I'll make, I'll make a drink menu. Yeah, <laughs> this is what we offer. Though that was like a piece of advice that I I received. Uh, well, that I was watching the uh, the, uh, the the extras in the DVD for Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And mm-hmm. do you have you ever seen that movie? Antonio Banderas, Johnny <laughs> Depp. I've, I've seen it, but it, I mean, what, that movie came out in the 90s? Yeah, late 90s, yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. I, I haven't seen it since it came out. <laughs> right. But uh, there, you remember Johnny Depp would always eat that uh, pulled pork dish. Uh, do you remember that at all? Well, at one point. I, it sounds familiar. Yeah, well, <laughs> he said it was so good, he had to shoot the cook to keep balance. Anyway, let's, let's not talk, but. But I was watching the DVD extras for that movie. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, the director, actually teaches you how to make that pulled pork dish that Johnny Depp eats throughout the movie. But he gives a piece of advice to everybody. He has a menu in his kitchen. So if people come over and they're uh, and they, he says, you hungry? What do you want to eat? He hands him his menu. And he has like five recipes that he knows how to make, you know, guaranteed. He knows them backwards, forwards, and like, Macaroni and cheese, peanut butter and jelly, or, you know, those are at the bottom of the list, but he did has more interesting stuff towards the top. But he, uh, he basically said, I have a menu. People come over, they look at what, you know, and we sit down and eat. That's the, that's the way he runs his house. It, mostly because he his theory on cooking is if you, uh, not knowing how to cook is not like not knowing how to screw. So you have to know how to cook. So. Yeah. Having your own bar menu, yeah, that would be actually kind of cool. You know, uh, get your reader board up there. Today's drink special, water. You know, <laughs> <laughs> water or bring your own. What yeah. you bring? Whatever you brought. That's what I should say. Water and whatever you brought. <laughs> <laughs> now, I usually try to have like when we have get-togethers and stuff like that. I always try to have like a drink 
that I make for everybody. So like I've made the John Daly, which is just, or the alcoholic or hard Arnold Palmer, as people call it. I've known it as the John Daly because he was the alcoholic golfer, mm-hmm. you know? So the alcoholic version of an Arnold Palmer. So I usually use like sweet pea, firefly vodka, or just any kind of sweet pea vodka, and then country time lemonade. And you just take an entire bottle and then take two quarts of lemonade, just mix it, and you have like this big drink that, you know, for whoever's coming over. Our last party, I did a sock my bar party because we just moved into this house with a bar and I was, so everybody brought me a bottle of something like for the, but I made um, jello shots and pudding shots and then I made um, spicy margaritas. And the spicy margarita was like the big drink that I had for everybody as well. Now I have to ask, when you make your spicy margaritas, do you uh, use jalapenos? Now, what kind, uh, do you use the pickled jalapenos or do you use fresh jalapenos? I used fresh jalapenos. So what I did is I actually took the um, Simply Lemonade and I drained some of the lemonade out of them. And then I threw in a one and a half like whole jalapenos into one jug and then one and a half uh, limes. And then I did the same thing to the other jug of lemonade and let it sit for two days. And then when I made, when I mixed it with the triple second um, tequila, I put everything into it. And then I garnished it with a chili lime salt. Yeah, I, I had to ask that because uh, when I had Lonnie uh, from CW Spirits on the show, she mm-hmm. uh, actually referred to it as blasphemy if you don't use fresh jalapenos in your drinks. Pickle, pickled jalapenos is like a completely different flavor. You you should use fresh jalapenos by <laughs> far. It's, it tastes way better, way better. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about the drink special thing. <laughs> so you started out as hostess uh, and... Mm-hmm. You handled to-go orders. Did Usually to-go orders, you don't make much tips, if any, right? Actually, everybody pretty much always tipped, and most people tipped 20%. But I also, I grew up in Ann Arbor, mm. so that's where our cookers and stuff like that was. So a lot of people, like a lot of them were businesses and things like that, and they were like really in rushes and stuff. So a lot of times they still would tip you at least 20% on those. Oh, well, that's a, that's a good story. Finally, I've heard about to-go orders since... Uh, uh, companies that I don't know if I should mention them. I don't want to get sued, but uh, these companies that go and pick up your food for you and bring them over to your house, a lot of uh, servers have been complaining because they handle those to go orders. But the uh, those companies that pick up your food for you, they don't tip, and but they get the tip, and but it comes in with this whole thing of. Uh, uh, people they're getting chart taxed on and they have to tip out a certain amount based on their sales. So if their sales are really high because they dealt with a lot of to go orders with no tips, then they get screwed when they tip out uh, the rest of the crew at the end of the night. But I'm glad to hear that you, uh, it worked out pretty well for you. So with, with the delivery services now, like the, the hired on delivery services, like the, the restaurant doesn't see that tip. No. The, the person there doesn't get a tip and they're having to tip out on those as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people have come on the show and told me that. So we only, we only did tip. Like, so when I tipped people out, like it was based on what I made in tip. We did a percentage. Like, so my bar, like when I was waiting tables, the bartender got a certain percentage. The busser got a certain percentage percentage if I had a busser. Cause most of the time, most places I worked, I was the busser. Like we had to bus and clean our own tables. Um, and then, so really all we ever had to tip was that and, 
actually, we never tipped the dishwasher. I actually heard that on, on one. We never tipped the dishwasher because <laughs> that wasn't like something that they told us to do. And when you're young, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And most likely but, your yeah. dishwasher didn't know either. So. Right. So like, so I did tip out buffers when we needed to, but most of the time we just, I just had a bartender to tip out and we just had to give them a certain percentage of whatever it was that we made in tips, like our fiscal tips, not what our sales were. That's ridiculous if they make you tip on your sales. Yeah. Some of the, uh, some of the companies, uh, one corporate company, they dropped the, uh, how much they're paying the cooks and told the servers and bartenders that they have to give, uh, like a percentage of their tips based on their sales to uh to the cooks for doing doing their job and i'm like essentially you're paying their wages then and they're like yeah and but the thing that burns me up though that uh when i hear about these stories is there's opportunities constantly now where you could end up in the hole you know you made a hundred dollars in tips that night but after tipping out the cook the busser the dishwasher the bartender uh, you could actually be in the negative at the end of the night. And so you're forced to say, um, I'm sorry, I can't tip you out tonight. I don't have the money and I don't have time to go to the ATM. I promise I'll get you tomorrow. And you know, it's uh, it's sickening to me, truthfully. How, how is that legal? I mean, okay, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they pay bartenders and waiters and waitresses anymore, but um, – you know, when I was doing it, it was two sixty five an hour. Mm. That's all we made because we got tips, and that money supplemented and made you make at least minimum wage, roughly. I mean, if you worked at a good place, you made a hell of a lot more than that. I, I worked at one place that paid you five twenty five an hour because they took all of your taxes from your tips and things like that out of your paycheck, as opposed to you paying for it at like when tax time came. They they did it for you, um, so they paid you more hourly. And it was a breakfast place. So, but that one was awesome because it was downtown Ann Arbor. But <laughs> that's besides the point. The point is, is like, how am I supposed to pay out of what money? Like, how am I supposed to live? Like, that, like that's, yeah. I, that's asinine. That is completely asinine. I, I don't see how that's legal. <laughs> yeah, I I have encouraged people, if you uh, if you work in that type of situation, you, you really shouldn't be working there. Uh, you know, there's, yeah. find somewhere else because uh, that one particular corporate restaurant, they, uh it you know basically all your tips maybe short of you know a couple bucks has has to be spread across the whole place and you make nothing when you go home and you know and some of them don't even pay minimum wage and and it's really disgusting to me but right yeah i mean like like i said i don't know what the, i don't know what waiter and waitresses and bartenders minimum wages anymore but like i mean you got to think that was like 18 plus years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> at 265 an hour. A lot has happened in those 18 years. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah. The uh, wages have gone up. Uh, uh, even uh, when the, uh, when the oil field was uh, basically hiring everybody and everybody out here in Texas, McDonald's had to pay, start advertising that they were going to pay $12 an hour. And I'm sitting there going, I got paid four seventy five. <laughs> These kids are making $12 an hour now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, like I think, I think when I got hired on minimum wage was like seven twenty five an hour when I first started. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, we were up North 
I went up north to visit my family and you're talking about that. It was like during COVID or whatever, like right after COVID when stuff started opening back up. McDonald's, like they had signs for $15 an hour. This is before like any minimum wage pricing or anything. $15 an hour to get people to come in at work at McDonald's and stuff. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like $15 an hour to work at McDonald's? That's insane. Yeah, uh, that used to be. The... Now they're not hiring kids anymore. Pretty much, it's like you're trying to hire adults. Yeah, because adults are more reliable. And <laughs> well, McDonald's used to be a great intro job for kids or younger people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, you you learn to be on time. You learn uh, procedures, and you know, a little bit, just a little bit of customer service. But uh, now they get paid three, three, four times what I used to get paid. And what do they get? And, you know, I got four seventy five an hour. And what did I get? One free meal uh, for lunch, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember the free meal. They still did that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where I got sick of French fries. But and anyway, but <laughs> so you hostess, uh, you were a hostess for a little while. You turned to 18 and then uh, yeah. you, you were able to become a waitress. And now mm-hmm. th- this is what you wanted to begin with when you started at this restaurant. Now, was there mm-hmm. any culture shock or was, uh, did you, did you were like, whoa, whoa, this isn't what I expected. Let me take a, take a second. What, what was it like for you? I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. The only, the only hard part about it is we weren't allowed to carry trays except for drink trays when we had more than four drinks. Mm-hmm. So like that part was probably a little bit harder because I have really small hands and learning how to balance three cups in one hand was a feat in itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, learning how to carry plates, like, cause yeah, I could only carry three at a time, but <laughs> yeah. So like, and if you had, you had a runner that would come with you if you had, like if we had a larger table that would help you bring out food and stuff like that, but we weren't allowed to carry trays otherwise. Well, that's lucky. I, I personally never had to deal with the giant ovals, you know, for a table of four or five or something like that. I never had to deal with that ever. Uh, but I admire people at like Olive Garden, you know, they, they come out with this, you know, salad and three plates of pasta and another basket of breadsticks all in this giant oval. And they're, you know, just carrying it like it's nothing. And I'm like, I'd spill that. That, that would be all over the floor. <laughs> it's, it's a balancing act. I did learn at like other jobs later on when we had trays and things like that. Like it's a balancing act and like how you distribute your food. Make sure you leave your center one in the center. <laughs> and then, you know, dish out like one side at a time to keep it balanced makes it easier. Cause like if you did have a tray, like I worked at a place where, you know how they usually have those, like stands to put the trays on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We weren't allowed to use those. You actually had to use a tray and like pass out your food. You couldn't set it down on a, on a thing. So that has I to had suck. to like balance it and pass it out. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, please, so, please don't spill. Please don't drop it. Please don't drop it. I, 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 the first time I ever did it, I, I didn't know how to distribute it evenly. I had, and, um, yeah, that I spilled barbecue sauce and ribs all over everybody and myself. Ooh, it was <laughs> it was it was a fun thing. I also had one where I didn't I wasn't allowed to like write orders down. We had to memorize everything. Yeah, I've uh I've been through jobs like that where they encourage us not to write anything down. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I screwed up a few orders, but um after a while I was like, look, this is not going to happen because uh 
uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna take this pad, you know, and try and stop me. <laughs> and uh, but they the the one thing that my manager at first didn't like, but then all of a sudden noticed that the customers were actually kind of enjoying is uh, I wouldn't stand there and write with my hand. I'd pull over a chair, sit down with them, say, "How you doing?" So what are we having? And you know, use the table as uh, to to write on the piece of paper. And cut. some of the customers thought that was really funny. <laughs> I can see that. That would be a fun experience. I've never had that happen yeah. unless it was somebody I knew. <laughs> like, yeah, because they worked there, they'd come and sit with me and chat. But yeah, that'd be fun. No, I didn't. I actually got really good at memorizing orders, mm. like to the point where even when I moved on from that industry, like my friends would all ask for like, like we, one person would place our lunch order for a place and have it delivered. And so I actually memorized because most people never changed whatever they ordered from wherever we ordered. So I memorized like their orders for each place. Oh, wow. And uh, so yeah. yeah, you would know before uh, you, you mm-hmm. could have the table basically set before they walk in the door. If you felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I can't do that. Uh, well, drinks, I was pretty good, uh, pretty good at. I see somebody's truck pull up, and I, oh, there, here comes uh, Coors Light and a shot of McNaughton's, and you know, plop, have that on the, have that on the bar. Yeah, yeah. I had we had one regular um, at our bar when I started bartending at Guy Hollerin's in Michigan, and his, I called him Papa Bear, um, because his son Chuck actually worked at the bar too. Fun story. He was actually my uh, student teacher in my gym class <laughs> and I ended up working at the same bar that he did and like that he had for like extra money and his daddy's come up all the time and his is always a diet Coke with a lemon. And I called him Papa bear. And then we had another gentleman that would come in and he would always drink a gin and tonic with half tonic water, half spray and a lime. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it kind of throws your customers off at first when you start to uh, memorize what they actually bring in. Uh, uh, some customers found it comforting, actually, when I uh, that I can say. But there were customers that, that you know they see that there's already a uh, their beer and their shot sitting uh, sitting on the table, and then so they try to stop me uh, in future endeavors. They're like, no, 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 just the beer this time, no, no shot, or I want to try a different beer in, you know. Some some of them got uncomfortable with it, but some of them were like, "Okay, that, this is cool." And but also the you customer, know. also the customers that insisted when their beer got to about right there, another one better be on the way. I had another one that would drink. One man, he would always come in, and he would always have a Manhattan on the rocks, and then the other one would order the Bombay. Sapphire and tonic water, but in it was in a smaller glass. Like so, instead of your, it was more of like a, it was like it was in a rocks glass, a smaller rocks glass. And so he would always order his in mm-hmm. instead of a tall. Like our like so we would we would have like the pint we'd have pint glasses and then we would have like soda cup size and then we would have rocks. Right. And he and most of our drinks like that were made in the soda size. And he would always order it in a rock glass. That's just the way he preferred it. And at Christmas time they always took this great. At Christmas time they would always they would tip us like a hundred dollars every time. And they'd only <laughs> order like two drinks. And they, I mean, they tip like that in general, but like at Christmas time it was like a hundred. But they always they always tip more than the bill. 
Oh. Like, that's what, you gotta love your regulars. Your regulars are awesome. Yeah. They always tip more and they're great. And, yeah. Cocktail caviar is a -a one-of-a-kind, versatile, and can be easily added to classic cocktails, boba teas, shots, punch, fruit platters, cheesecakes, you name it. It can easily be used to brighten up a cocktail or add that something extra to your personal dessert. Cocktail caviar is available in many different flavors. You have strawberry, you have lychee, you have peach, you have blueberry, wildflower, and you have raspberry. Go to www.cwspirits.com and pick up yourself your own personal flavor of cocktail caviar and start making your creations today. Just remember to use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout and you'll get 5% off your entire order. And hey, check this out. For a limited time, any orders over $125, you get free shipping. You get 5% off using HEYBARTENDER5 plus free shipping after $125. You can't go wrong there. Go to cwspirits.com and pick up your own flavor of cocktail caviar today. Hey, bartender. So you got, uh, you loved being being a server. And so did you ever run into the typical, uh, well, the nice you there's the nice customers that are always smiling, "Hey, how you doing?" uh that uh you enjoy seeing but unfortunately there's those questions like do you enjoy what you do or is this what you want to do for the rest of your life did that ever come up not really no some uh, sometimes (laughs) i I never really have that yeah there's sometimes i get uh people on this show i i went through it quite a few times where people have this chip on their shoulder thinking that they're uh you know bigger than life and think that their job is better than uh, you know, person that works in the restaurant and want to try to remind you that they are better saying, you know, you could get a better job than this or you know, something like that. But uh, you does, it sounds like your customers were awesome to you. Yeah. I, well, and I mean, I, I don't know if that might have something to do with the fact that I was a lot younger in the industry mm-hmm. in general, because I stopped waiting tables and bartending. Like I, I stopped originally when I was 22 mm-hmm. and then I picked, it, I picked it up as like a side job when I was 24, when I had my first kid. And when I picked that up, I actually, I did private poker rooms. So oh. I worked at a bowling alley where I bartended and waited tables for it. Like, so I would make all the drinks and bring them to the private poker rooms. Mm. So they have, they have poker nights and I'd wear poker nights and just deliver drinks and make their drinks both nights. So. Yeah. Now, what was that like? Uh, private poker rooms? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at a bowling alley. It was just like a separate room where they had poker tournaments that would start at a certain time and they would finish at a, um, whenever they were done, but they had to be done by two o'clock because that's when like the bar closed. Uh, real so money or I, I, you know, real money? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. now is it like what I'm imagining? Dark, smoky guys leaned over, uh, leaned over on the table, uh, you know, very smoky, <laughs> <laughs> very smoky. And, um, not dark, so it was pretty well lit. Um, you did definitely have, because back then you could actually still smoke in bars yeah. in restaurants. Yeah. So, uh, that, was before they, uh, that was before they changed that law in Michigan. So, yeah. It's everywhere <laughs> now. It's getting harder and harder to support a smoking habit in America now. Not a bad thing. I, I you know, I, I quit smoking. I used to smoke, and I quit smoking. Uh, what was it, two years ago, I think? A year ago? Year two, two years ago, roughly? Mm. Um. Well, it's been a year and a half, 
and I, I mean, I still vape, but, um, I, one thing I never missed even being a smoker is I didn't miss like going home and just reeking of cigarettes. Cause I quit smoking in my house long time ago and like so your hair and your clothes don't really smell like it as much but when you are indoors and you have that many people smoking and you just Mm. reek it's horrible like oh i don't miss that like i'm okay i'm okay with the (laughs) the laws the way they are for sure well i uh there was one time that i know for sure uh when i was bartending i didn't think about it much you know the next morning i'd uh pick up my pick up my uh bar uniform and then be like, oh, God, is that what I smelled like last night? But when it mm-hmm. came, uh, honestly, I still smoke. But uh, there was one time where I was at the Denver airport, and they had a smoking section in in there. And I remember, uh, you know, I was desperate for a cigarette. And I was like, where is their smoking area? And eventually I found it. I had to go two terminals over. And finally swung up in the door you know, I already saw the sign that said, uh, if you're going to be in here, you have to, uh, order a drink and a hot dog, you know, just so that, uh, you know, their thing. And I'm like, I could use a drink and a hot dog, but then I swung open the door and then the smoke smacked me in the face. And I was like, Oh dear God, why the hell do I, Oh, an empty chair. And, and, uh, it was the initial smell shocked me. I was like, is this what this is like? And the, but then that feeling went away when, because yeah, hell, I'm addicted. But it, 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 yes, I mean it is it is the thing, like for sure. Like I I did it at the Georgia airport because um, Georgia airport had a smoking. They saw the smoking lounges. Mm. You didn't have to order a hot dog or a drink. They just had the smoking lounges. But people sit there and just chain smoke. So the thing like fills with smoke. They don't like your filters only work so fast and so well. And uh-huh. there's like certain places down here in Ohio that are private. They're private clubs and they're and they're um. And they're grandfathered in with the smoking because they're privately owned too. Like it's just privately owned um, clubs and things like that that allow it. But um, I, I, we've gone to like parties at those every once in a while. And it's just, I'm like, I start to get a headache after a while because it's just so excessive because so many people are smoking and there's, it's just so much. And I'm just like, how did I ever like <laughs> deal with this? <laughs> like, going out, like I remember going out dancing at the clubs and stuff and, like smoking and having smoking everywhere. Like, how did we not get burned by the way? Like I, that's just like a thing all in and of itself. Like how did we end up not burned? Like with multiple burn marks in our clothes and everything. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's surprising. Uh, I, I, I had trouble keeping up with the ashtrays at the uh, bar that I used to work at. And there, there would be a point in the night where I was just like, I'm too busy serving drinks. How the hell did that get full so fast? But uh, anyway, but <laughs> but you uh you actually mentioned in the when we were emailing back and forth that you spent a little bit of time uh doing dj work i hung out with the dj i did not oh, DJ. You just I, hung I, out. I hung out i hung out in the dj booth a lot um i knew the dj very well um i, I hung out in a lot of clubs and dancing mm. in general um I knew nobody would touch trust me as a DJ. <laughs> now, why is that? I would mess that up royally. I would probably let the song play all the way through and not even have a transition into the next song. Like, it would just literally be, okay, play next song. No, that's <laughs> the serious DJ. There would be a, a pause in music because mm. I would be like, well, what song do I want to play next? Oh, this one sounds good. Or I wouldn't let the last two minutes play and I'd skip the next song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, like one of the, people hate being in a car with me because of how I listen to music. Yeah. 
love music. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much the same way. I'll, I'll be driving down the road and just hate that. Or no, I'm not like I hate the playlist is set up by me. But I'm just like I don't want to listen to that song now. I don't want to listen to that song. I've already listened to that song today. Oh no, I'm good. Or that's the part I wanted to hear. The song keep going, you know. And uh, I, it, it's just there are days uh, where. I can listen to anything without stopping. Everything makes me feel good. But then other days where uh, a certain song will ma- uh, make me want to scream or make me depressed or whatever. But my, my music is definitely based on my mood for sure. As all music is for everybody. If, if anybody says yeah. that their music's not based on their mood, they're lying. And I listen to everything. So if you're in a car with me, you will listen to everything from country to classical to rock to rap to I love reggaeton music like Latin music I salsa dance and do all that kind of stuff and so like you will literally get a wide variety of everything and don't ever ever hit like shuffle on my like Pandora playlist because you will end up with like kids bop radio and some <laughs> like descendants Disney songs <laughs> you you would be shocked and let me tell you when you hit shuffle, those are the ones that play the most for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> You're like, I hit shuffle. <laughs> See, um, on a, uh, honestly, uh, 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 in the very near future here, I'm about to go to uh, Walt Disney World with, uh, the, with the family. Big family vacation. Huh. And I've just been in a Disney mood lately, too. Uh, and I don't have kids. This is just my brain operating. But I've listened to my favorite all-time Disney song, has to be bare necessities from the jungle book and yeah it's i think that's my all-time favorite but uh you know i a lot of the stuff that i like pretty much stopped pretty much at the lion king because the music from aladdin lion king that they had the that group of movies that did really well the uh little mermaid aladdin um lion king but um they the it's great music, but yeah, it uh, every once in a while when I'm driving up to a coworker where he's working, yeah, I'll turn it down. But, you know, I'll be, but every every once in a while they'll uh, joke with me because they'll hear me climbing down the tower uh, and just singing the bare necessities to the time of my hands going down the ladder and uh, they or Prince Ali from Aladdin. But um, uh, they'll they'll laugh at me every once in a while, and I'm like, "What? You got kids?" And they keep like, "Yeah, you don't." <laughs> well if you get a chance to check out descendants they're, they're like from the movies like descendants one two and three soundtracks they're actually pretty good songs um you know my my husband knows the feeling of turning it down my husband has um, a sand rail a street legal sand rail that we put in a huge like stereo system and our daughter that it's hers she's four <laughs> but it's hers um and, you know, <laughs> his thing was like, she's going to want me to play Descendants driving down the <laughs> road. And he was like, that's not happening. Not in- <laughs> A few years ago, my niece, my niece was that same way. Uh, she, she wanted to hear Descendants. She wanted to hear songs from Glee. She wanted to hear, you know, all, all that stuff. Uh, lately, well, she's 13 now. I, she, she probably doesn't do it as much, but uh, yeah, she, she, she was all about uh, all that stuff, and uh, I didn't get to see it that much. But my sister would tell me about it, and uh, my sister actually became a fan of it also. You know, after listening to it constantly. But <laughs> yeah, you tend to. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, moving on a little bit uh, now, you, know, you spent a little bit of time in the service industry. You've uh, met good customers, bad customers. You've uh, uh, you've done your pretty much your duty, and you've decided to move on. And you said you work in insurance now. Mm-hmm. Now, do you deal with customers yeah. uh, when you deal with insurance? I do. I deal with uh, providers and customers. So, um, so there's people that call in that question because they receive like their explanation of benefits and things like that in the mail. And then they question like, well, why is my insurance only paying this much or, or what this is, or they call and ask for like doctors and things like that and network. I don't actually like sell the insurance. So I don't do like the sales side of things. I kind of do all like your back end things. So providers will call in and there's, there's a lot that goes into insurance because this is something completely new for me. I've worked in call centers and customer service, like my, my entire career. I've always done customer service stuff. And, um, but this one is like, you have to know a lot, like a lot. And there's a lot of different procedure codes and things like that, that you have to learn that you didn't think that you would have to know (laughs) (laughs) because that's how they process. And that's how like, you got to figure out, okay, does this thing go with, like a surgical benefit or mm-hmm. and all that kind of fun stuff. So like, that's actually a lot of what I deal with. I deal with a lot of like hospitals and um, employers will call in like for like the company cause it's all commercial self-funded insurance. And then like the customers themselves call in because they have questions about their insurance policy. Now uh, so. it's it, to me, I can kind of ma- uh, make this work where it kind of goes along with working in the hospitality industry because we don't really have to sell the food. We don't have really have to sell the drinks. They almost sell themselves. I mean, sure, you can, mm-hmm. you know, say, hey, how about some fried mozzarella sticks with that? Or if you really yeah. want to, uh, to me, servers that like like that annoyed me. But, you know, no offense to them. Uh, yeah, you had to do it. It sucks, though. I hated doing that. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, if they wanted dessert, they'd ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in your case the insurance is basically already sold. The, uh, the policy is already mm-hmm. out there. Now, uh, would you say that working in the service industry taught you enough about customer service in order to deal with uh, customers and all of, all of those people? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I would say actually the job that helped me the, like, the most with it would have been work, what I was in, because I actually worked in banking for, I worked in banking for eight years. And I worked in a call center in banking for eight years. And let me tell you, people over the phone are a lot more rude <laughs> than people in person. So, and, and when you're with, and you're, when you're working with people's money and they're like, well, why did I get this NSF fee? Or like, which is an insufficient fund fee or, you know, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, they call in or I didn't make that charge. No, your son stole your debit card, used it at the ATM. And then, you don't want to press charges, but you want us to pay that money back. Well, that's your bad. Yeah. <laughs> we can't control that. Um, so dealing with like, I, I had to actually deal with like a lot of rude and short tempered people working in a call center because like I said, you're, you're, it's kind of like, what do they call it? Keyboard warriors now, because it's like all bullying on the phone or like through, through text message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was like that, but just verbally over the phone. <laughs> so yeah. I would definitely say, it prepared me to handle a lot. And I, cause I did that when that was what I started doing when I was 22 mm. and I actually worked in baking for 10 years. Um, I just worked in a call center for eight. Um, but 
so that that really helped. And I would definitely say even waiting tables really, really helped because you would have some really, really, really rude people. I remember one one customer that I had when I worked at a bar in downtown Ypsilanti, they, um, this lady, they, they were part of like this huge table. It was like 20 people. And it was like towards the end of my shift, I was getting cut, but these two people wouldn't cash out with me. They decided to leave their party and go downstairs and because we had two separate bars mm. and I worked in the upstairs bar and they were in the downstairs bar and they were downstairs for three hours, three hours. I'm like, I have no way of knowing how much you drink. I have no way of knowing, you know, anything. I'm asking you to cash out with me because I'm trying to go home for the night. And like, literally she tried to get me fired. Really? Mm-hmm. Just because you, uh, you asked her nicely to uh, yeah. close out her tab. Right. I'm like, you, you've been down here ordering drinks and things like that down here. Like, you know, would you mind cashing out with me? Like, it just like simple, like simple thing. Like, well, get in my shift. Like, since she opened up another tab, there's also uh, a good chance that she'll close out that tab and forget about the tab with you. That exactly. That, that would suck because now you're stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, but, uh, but moving on now, uh, moving on to using that knowledge, using the experience that you had, did, did you feel like that working in the service industry and the hospitality industry really helped shape what type of person that you became uh, do, dealing with people, period, I, in general? I, I do. because Well, I, I do. I think, I think it continued on to that path because, like, I've always been, like, a people pleaser. And this is probably why customer service works so well for me. <laughs> I like making people happy. It's kind of like my thing to do. I get upset when I can't make somebody happy. And like, I'm like, well, that sucks. Like, I can't make your day. Like, that, that's like, it upsets me. So, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Because I, I, I'm definitely like, I try to cater to everybody. And I, I try to cater to everything that everybody does just to make them happy. Mm. <laughs> Which is Especially what you're trying to do in customer service. The customer's always right. Like, you you know, you have to do whatever it is to make them happy. Yeah. But every once in a while when you got that one drunk customer that thinks that they need another drink, they're not right about that. You know, you're, and you're just trying to keep them exactly. safe. <laughs> exactly. Now, I see, I never actually, in in the years that I did bartending, so in the four years that I did bartending, I actually never had to cut somebody off. Oh, the lucky you. <laughs> Well, and, and like two, two of those years, I worked in a bar where um, it was actually attached to a hotel. So most of my customers were actually hotel, like, like they stayed in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So I actually got an eclectic array of customers like all the time. And we still had our regular customers that worked in the area, but they like, you know, they would come in for their minimal drinks and then leave. They'd only stay a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. And you, you didn't get cool. the late night crowd that just came in from another bar that closed up or uh, you didn't have to deal with that. No. And well, cause all of our bars, I work in a college town. So mm. um, all of our bars closed at two o'clock and um, all of our liquor stores are open until two o'clock. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like, so, and then like you had certain restaurants that were open up after two, but you like booze stopped serving. You, you stopped serving like last call was at like one forty five, one fifty. And, um, you know, bars closed at two o'clock. Um, the only time that you could order drinks later was daylight savings. <laughs> you stay up until four. Yeah. Uh, that you tried it. God, I, I remember people trying to pull a fast one on me. 
uh, because they, hey, it's daylight saving, so you can serve drinks for another hour. And I, uh, I'd have to explain to them, uh, I can't prove that you were here before that time, so I can't serve you for another hour. I have to close now. And that that oh. was always a rough day. And yeah, and this, uh, where I grew, where we grew up, like they would the bars the bars would actually stay open until four, mm. and we were allowed to serve alcohol until we closed, basically. The liquor laws in Oregon, they were, uh, when it came to daylight savings, they were like end of business day. So the, uh, you know, the 2.30 was of the 13th. It's not uh, not like we can um, move on into the 14th and say that's another business day. So when it came to daylight savings, you uh, you fall back an hour and people think, oh, cool, we can drink for another hour tonight. I was like, no, I got to close. You, I stopped serving at technically one thirty. And, uh, mm-hmm. just because if they got pulled over for whatever reason, I couldn't prove that they were drinking during the time or I was serving them during the proper alcohol hours. Uh, so you're doing well with the, uh, working call centers and deal, uh, doing with dealing with insurance. Now you're working from home a lot. Is that because of COVID? No. Um, I, I, I know that they, they started out like they have, it's a very large company. Um, they have over like 300 employees, but they, I, they're actually based in another state. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I'm actually going there in August for, for a visit for orientation and stuff like that. Cause I haven't met everybody out there yet. So I'm going out there for, for that. Um, I started this job back in April, but yeah, so no, they're actually in another state. They hire out, out of state, like working from home call centers, but they have to like have businesses and things like that in the States in which I in which like we are. So, and you also, uh, you, you got a full plate, at least in my opinion, because you're, you've got a day, day job, you got three kids, you got a house, you got, uh, your husband, uh, you've got, and you also have a strong social media presence. Uh, you're doing awesome. You got a lot of stuff on your plate. <laughs> I like to stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I, I do have a full plate, but I like, as I said, well, and a lot of it I started when I, cause I wasn't working for a few months. And during that time, cause like my mother-in-law ended up with COVID and she ended up with like an extended version of COVID where it lasted like well over a month. And like, I couldn't find babysitters and things like that. So I ended up not working at my job anymore uh, during that time. And so during that time, like I was like, I have too much free time on my hands. Like this is like too much for me. Like, like the house would be clean dinner. I would like, I already have like grocery shopping done dinner stuff done. I'm like, I need like, and I've been a part of like discord servers and things like that too. So I, I go on discord a lot and I I'm a part of like 10 different servers on discord and I moderate for three of those discord servers wow. on top of, on top of social media <laughs> <laughs> additional social media is like tiktok and stuff like that so i i kind of like picked up i was like oh doing the cw spirits thing stuff like that like i was like oh it's just like something extra and it's fun i already create tiktoks because i started doing that because i was bored one day and i was like you know what i got on tiktok thought i was like i want to create videos <laughs> so yeah, don't go to my earlier videos those are god awful <laughs> uh, <laughs> i can't say i do that now but like those ones are really bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my early videos when I got on TikTok at first it wasn't uh my uh, my niece unfortunately got in trouble because she wasn't supposed to have TikTok and my 
sister found it on her cell phone and my, I, she got grounded from her phone for a month and, and I what's this TikTok that they're talking about? And then I fell down the TikTok rabbit hole at the beginning of COVID and yeah, and I was, you know, and then I thought, you know, well, I'll try to make a couple of these videos. No, I'm not going to dance like that. No, I'm not going to dance like that. I'm not dancing, but you know, uh, I see people doing cosplay and, uh, and all that stuff. My first couple TikToks are kind of lame, but, uh, not saying that the t- uh, TikToks that I've made, uh, as of recent are that cool, but, uh, it's, I've been mostly using it to promote the podcast and, uh, try, and, but joining up with CW spirits, I've been, I, a lot of people, uh, ask me how come I don't do poor videos. And I was just, I don't want to. But now that I work for CW Spirits, I I do it, and now I feel like I have the opportunity to do it because I got stu- actual stuff to sell. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love doing the TikToks. I love the people that I've met, and yeah, I, I've actually got to meet a few people. Like I actually started out as a part of Book Talk. Fun fact. <laughs> with Olivia. <laughs> so Book Talk is huh? Was uh, with uh, oh, I had her on my show just recently. Um, Jordan? Yeah. yeah, yeah, her. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I actually met her and we're we have a we have a book talk after dark uh Discord and that's actually where I met all of those people. And then we've had like get togethers. I've actually hung out with B B and I have um I call her wifey. So if you ever see in our chats like where I go, Wifey said this and everybody's like, Who the hell is wifey? Yeah, that's that's who wifey is. Wifey is <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've actually done we've done a family vacation together. Um I got to meet her when I went out to Romanticon uh, for a book convention and I met a few authors and things like that, that I've met through book talk. Like we've all, like we've all become like a really like close knit family. It's actually how I met Lonnie and I met uh, Lonnie's sister, Joni mm-hmm. through, through, um, through book talk. So, yeah. yeah I got to read more books, get meet more interesting people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually like, I have, what I have two books that I'm listening to and three that I'm reading. So, ah, so, uh, uh, well, you're an avid book reader. So I feel like I can probably ask you and get a good answer. Uh, uh, what house are you at Hogwarts? I have not read Harry. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I, oh. I started reading the first three. Okay. But somebody had me take the test. And I, I was, I was a Gryffindor when I took the test. Mm-hmm. So I did take like the little test that they had and, and I've watched all the movies. I just actually never really read the books. I, I read a lot of, um, like people call smut and romance books. That's pretty much what I mostly read. Hey, um, good, you know. Yeah. So that's, that's what I listen to <laughs> and read. That's pretty much what you see me talking about too in my TikToks when I talk about books. <laughs> okay so, so uh, that was actually very presumptuous of me that you're uh that you read the harry potter books but most avid book readers uh are all over those but well when i started out reading like i mean like i've read hunger games and like i i've and everybody's read 50 shades of gray which that was not that great of a series but um <laughs> you know i did read i did read the first two books of harry potter i got into the third book and i think i got like not even halfway through i'm like this one is just too boring like I even tried reading Game of Thrones, and I I really couldn't get past like the the first few chapters of the first book. I was like, this is this is incredibly boring. Like I really maybe it's because I didn't like that particular character in the TV show. I don't know, but it was it was about the Baratheon butt brother. 
I forget what his name was. So the I actually not not the main thing, but the other. You didn't watch that I, one. I, okay, I, never mind. I actually never watched Game of Thrones. My my sister and my Ooh. father beat me up about it constantly. <laughs> no, no, that last season screwed it. Like I, oh, it, that last season ruined it. Last season ruined it. I was like, I literally spent this many this much time like watching the series for it to end like that. Like I was really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I was really upset. Well, it took five seasons for the the ice or the uh what was I was watching like cliff notes of it on YouTube, but uh, it took like four or five seasons for the uh, the ice army or whatever uh, to to show up at their doorstep and it's like wow you know they talk about it every episode but you know any time now we should, you know like when is this war going to happen and it all happened in like the same like like the same seasons like. You you had like I was like it was like it was like a one or two episode war and that was it. I was like That's it? <laughs> literally, I was like that much hype for, for, for that. Like I was I was I was super disappointed. I was super disappointed. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that I uh, I'd probably uh get way more satisfaction from watching the Avenger movies. But mm-hmm. yeah, but anyway, enough about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Anyway, we're coming up on last call, Ruth. Thank you so much for being on the show. But before we go, uh, uh, would you like to take an opportunity to let people how to, uh, know how to find you on social media? Uh, sure. Uh, let me think of what my social media. <laughs> um, uh, TikTok is just little underscore Ruthie underscore Writing Hood. Is how you can find me on TikTok and Instagram. My link is there. My link is in my bio there. So cool. Well, once yeah. again, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Give us a little bit of insight: what uh, moving from the ser- uh, service industry into uh, how it helps moving into. Uh, I hate to use the term regular job, but uh, or because uh, that's just you know every every job's a regular job, but <laughs> <laughs> moving from the service industry to a desk job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you you seem like you're doing great. You uh, you got a great family in uh, and uh, and you're staying busy. That's the most important thing. You know, don't don't be like me and decide to spend a whole weekend and binge watch a TV show that you've watched already forty fifty times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't really watch TV. I t- that's my reading time. Yeah. Like my husband binge watches the show, and I'll pick up and watch something, and I'll go, and then I'll have him explain to me the entire show. <laughs> that works. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Well, thank you so much for being on the show uh, and hope to talk to you again soon. Once again, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar. Cause I'm not serving anything anymore. Uh, big thanks to at little Ruthie riding hood for being on the show. She had a lot of great energy. I didn't, didn't she, she was, uh, very happy she uh, had a lot of great insight not really any negative uh, energy coming from her that's uh, that was really cool as usual i got to give a big thanks to lar hope and the arctones for their single dr bartender it's uh you know it's probably the coolest uh theme song i could find for this particular podcast it just works for me i'm a big fan of theirs Go on to any of the streaming services. You can find all their music. They've got a lot of great stuff out there. And, uh, you know, listen to them, enjoy them, support them. 
And don't forget to support me. Uh, share, like, subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast. And remember, people, if you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is message me. You can email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Or you can message me on any of the social medias on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All of those are at Hey Bartender Podcast. Make sure you take a trip over to www.cwspirits.com and check out their huge selection of spirits on sale there. Just remember, use the coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout and get 5% off your entire order. And anything over $125, you get free shipping. It's a great deal if you ask me. But that's it. Uh, Thank you for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. New episodes every week. Uh, Saturdays at 7 Central Standard Time is usually about when I do it. So make sure to come back and check out new episodes, listen to old episodes. Uh, Any support that you guys can give me, I will gladly take. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I got to wish you, as usual, lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here.